Okay, boys, I should just about be getting into my hotel right now and then going into another meeting. So I don't know if I will have gotten to call you yet or not, but here's the next story. The House in the Ground Early in the morning, Pa helped Mr. Hansen move the wagon bows and cover onto Mr. Hansen's wagon. Then they bought everything, brought everything out of the dugout house up the bank and they packed it into the covered wagon. Mr. Hansen offered to help move the things from Pa's wagon into the dugout, but Ma said, No, Charles, we'll be moving in when you come back. So Pa hitched Pete and Patty to the, Mr. Hansen's wagon. He tied Bunny behind it, and he rode away to the town with Mr. Hansen. Laura watched Pete and Patty and Bunny going away. Her eyes smarted and her throat ached. Pete and Patty arched their necks and their manes, and their tails rippled in the wind. They went along happily, not knowing that they were never coming back. The creek was singing to itself down among the willows, and the soft wheat bent the grasses over the top bank. The sun was shining, and all around the wagon was clean, wide space to be explored. The first thing was to untie Jack from the wagon wheel. Mr. Hansen's two dogs had gone away, and Jack could run about as he pleased. He was so glad, he, he jumped up against Laura and licked her face and made her sit down hard. Then he ran down the path, and Laura ran after him. Ma picked up Carrie and, and said, Come, Mary, let's go look at this dugout. Jack got to the door first, and it was open. He looked in and then waited for Laura. All around the door, green vines were growing out of the grassy bank, and they were full of flowers, red and blue and purple and rosy pink and white and striped flowers, all had their throats wide open if they could sing glory to the morning. They were morning glory flowers. Laura went under those singing flowers into the dugout, and it was one room, all white. The earth walls had been smoothed and whitewashed, and the earth floor was smooth and hard. When Ma and Mary stood in the doorway, the light went dim. There was a small, greased paper window beside the door, but the wall was so thick that the light from the window stayed near the window. The front wall was built of sod. Mr. Hansen had dug out his house and then he had cut long strips of prairie sod and laid them on top of one another to make the front wall. It was a good thick wall with not one crack in it. No cold could get through that wall. Ma was pleased. She said, It's small, but it's clean and pleasant. Then she looked up at the ceiling and said, Look, girls. The ceiling was made of hay. Willow boughs had been laid across their branches and woven together but here and there the hay had been spread from them the the hay that had been spread on them showed through well ma said they all went up the path and stood on the roof of the house no one could have guessed it was a roof grass grew on it and waved in the wind just like all the grasses along the creek bank goodness said ma anybody could walk over this house and never know it was here but Laura spied something. She bent over and parted the grasses, and with her hand, she then cried, 
I've found the stovepipe hole. Look, Mary, look. Ma and Mary stopped to look, and Carrie leaned out from Ma's arm and lo to look, and Jack came pushing to look. They could look right down into the whitewashed room under the grasses. They looked till it was till Ma said, "We'll brush out the place before Pa gets back." Ma, Mary, and Laura, you bring the water pails. Mary carried the large water pail, and Laura the small one. They went down the path again. Jack ran ahead and took his place by the door. Ma found a willow twig broom in a corner, and she brushed the walls carefully. Mary watched Carrie to keep her from falling down into the creek, and Laura took up the pail and went for, for water. She hoppity-skipped down the st stair steps to the end of a little bridge across the creek. The bridge was one wide plank. Its other end was under a willow tree. The tall willows fluttered slender leaves up against the sky, and little willows grew around them in clumps. They shaded all the ground, and it was cool and bare. The path went across it to a little spring where cold, clear water fell into a tiny pool and then ran trickling to the creek. Laura filled the little pail and went back across the sunny footbridge and up the steps, she went back and forth, fetching water in, in the little pail and pouring it into the big pail set on the bench inside the doorway. Then she helped Ma bring down from the wagon everything they could carry, and they had moved nearly everything into the dugout when Pa came rattling down the path. He was carrying a, a little tin stove and two pieces of stovepipe. Whew, he said, setting them down. I'm glad I had to carry them only three miles. Uh, think of it, Caroline. Town's only three miles away. Just a nice walk. Well, Hanson's on his way west, and the place is ours. How do you like it, Caroline? I like it, said Ma. But I don't know what to do about the beds. I don't want to put them on the floor. What's the matter with that? Pa asked her. We've been sleeping on the ground. That's different, said Ma. I don't like sleeping on the floor in a house. Well, that's soon fixed, said Pa. I'll cut some willow boughs to spread Spread the buds on for the night. Tomorrow, I'll find some straight willow poles and make a couple of bedsteads. He took his axe and went whistling up the path and over the top of the house and down the slope beyond the creek. And there lay a tiny valley where willows grew thick all along beside the water. Laura ran on his heels. Let me help, Pa, she panted. I can carry some. Why, so you can, said Pa, looking down at her with his eyes twinkling. There's nothing like help when a man has a big job to do. Pa often said he didn't know how he could manage without Laura. She had helped him make a door for the log house in Indian Territory. Now she helped him carry the leafy boughs and spread them in the dugout. Then she went with him to the stable. All four walls of the stable were built of sod, and the roof was willow boughs and hay, with sods laid over it. The roof was low so that Pa's head touched it when he stood up straight.
and there was a manger of willow poles, and two oxen were tied there. One was a huge gray ox with short horns and gentle eyes. The other was smaller with fierce long horns and wild eyes. He was bright red-brown all over. Hello, Bright, Pa said to him. And how are you there, Pete, old fellow? He asked the big ox, slapping him gently. Stand back out of the way, Laura, he said, till we see how these cattle act. We've got to take them to water. He put ropes around their horns and led them out of the stable, and they followed him slowly down the slope to the level path that went through the green rushes to the flat edge of the creek. Laura slowly tagged after them. Their legs were clumsy, and their big feet split in the middle, and their noses were broad and slimy. Laura stayed outside the stable while Pa tied them to the manger. She walked with him towards the dugout. Pa, she, she asked with a little voice, did Pete and Patty truly want to go out west? Yes, Laura, Pa told her. Oh, Pa, she said. There was a tremble in her voice. I, I don't think I like cattle too much. Pa took her hand and comforted it, and comforted it in his big one. He said, we must do the best we can, Laura, and not grumble. What must be done is best done cheerfully. And some day we'll have horses again. When, Pa? she asked him, and he said, When we raise our first crop of wheat. Then they went into the dugout. Ma was cheerful. Mary and Carrie were already washed and combed, and everything was neat. The beds were made on the willow boughs, and supper was ready. After supper, they all sat on the path before the door. Pa and Ma had boxes to sit on. Carrie cuddled sleepily in Ma's lap. Mary and Laura sat on the hard path, their legs hanging over its sharp edge, and Jack turned around three times and lay down with his head against Laura's knee. They all sat quiet, looking across Plum Creek, Creek and the willows, were watching the sun sink far away in the west, far away over the prairie lands. At last, Ma drew a long breath. It's all so tame and peaceful, she said. There will be no wolves and no Indians howling tonight. I haven't felt so fa safe and at rest since I don't know when. Pa's slow voice answered. We're, we're safe enough, all right. Nothing can happen here. The peaceful colors went all around the rim of the sky, and the willows breathed, and the water talked to itself in the dusk. The land was gray, dark gray, and the sky was light gray, and the stars pricked through it. It's bedtime, Ma said, and here is something new anyway. We've never slept in a dugout before. She was laughing, and Pa laughed softly with her. Laura lay in bed listening to the water talking and the willows whispering. She would rather sleep outdoors, even if she heard the wolves, than be so safe in this house dug under the ground. All right, that's the end of the chapter. I love you guys. Hope you have a really good night.
Good night.